Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. All righty. Here we go. Here we go. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to the Bay. Local news. To keep you rooted. <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry, that was cute. It was your idea. Uh, welcome to our last episode of the year. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara here with senior editor Alan Montecilio and producer Maria Esquinka. What's up, team? Hello. Hello, hello. Well, uh, 2022 has been a pretty packed year for us here at the Bay. I feel like 2021 was a year of a lot of transition and this year I feel like it really has been a year of settling into like a new groove a bit. So as a team we hired Maria as our producer and officially welcomed her to the Bay. Maria, how has settling into life in the Bay Area been for you? Is it everything you expected it to be? It was everything I I hoped for and more. Um, <laughs> I'm like obsessed with the Bay. I love the Bay. I don't ever want to leave. <laughs> oh my gosh, you hear, heard it here first, folks. But it's been really um, special. Like I think it has like exceeded my expectations. It's like um, it's been like a really beautiful place to be in, and I, I'm slowly finding friends and building community. And I think getting to do a lot of the things I wanted to do and more. So, yeah, it's been really beautiful and a real gift to be here. And I'm really thankful. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you here in the Bay with us, Maria. And Alan, with Maria on board, I feel like we really experimented quite a bit this year and did some new things, right? Yeah, I think this year was really about establishing and getting into a rhythm with this new iteration of the team. We sort of had an extended transition period because we had Devin leave in August of 2021. And then you became the host after that. And then we hired hired Maria as a producer. But then also trying, you know, when we can to experiment and try new things. You know, we had an episode about poetry. 
We um, did an episode that was a more personal one about you, ECG. Uh, that was sort of an adaptation of a live performance you had done for an Asian American Journalists Association storytelling event. Certainly both of those things are not maybe as typical for a show that is a local news podcast. But then even on the news side as well, you know, when coming up to the election, um, we decided to collaborate with the folks at Be Curious on PropFest. And that was really cool. It felt really good to do something that felt like it was very useful to listeners really all across the state, not just in the Bay Area. And it really felt like we were performing a service for people, which is really important for something like election time. Something that I I don't think we always get to say or let our listeners know is that everyone who works on the show, because we are such a small team, really leaves like their own mark on the show. And you maybe don't realize it when you're listening, but today we're going to take some time on our show to reflect on what we've worked on this year and also talk about some of our favorite episodes. And Alan, I want to start with you. What was your favorite episode this year? So the episode I picked is called It's an Unimaginable Amount of Fish. Folks probably remember and can sort of guess from that title that that episode was about the fish that died and washed up on the shores of various bodies of water throughout the Bay Area. I thought it was like leaves or something, but it's like all those are all fish of all different sizes floating. You know, crawled up, twisted, laying on the ground. But the odor, the smell, um, and I'm concerned about, you know, the heat wave coming. There was a lot of anxiety, I think, in the air during that time. I think we all had the same question, which is what the hell's going on with these dead fish? And I mean, as you just said, like that was an episode and a topic that really affected the entire region. And I'm curious if there was maybe a moment in that episode that really stood out to you. For that episode, I was guest hosting and I interviewed a guy named John Rosenfield, who is a senior scientist with the group SF Baykeeper. What I so appreciated about talking to John is that he brought a kind of depth and rigor and expertise that was just perfect for the moment. And someone who's able to explain it in a way that was understandable, but that did not fall into kind of overly simplistic explanation or sort of just jumping to conclusions. Yeah, we don't know the specific mechanism that produced this fish kill, but it's highly likely, and and certainly the pictures that we uh, saw indicate these fish were struggling for oxygen, whether that's because there wasn't enough oxygen in the water or because the algae released a toxin that did some damage to the fish's gills. We don't know, and it could be both. When I saw those dead fish and heard about those dead fish, my first thought was, oh, this is happening because of climate change. Me too. And I think it's reasonable, right? Yeah. And, you know, John, you know, while acknowledging that, yes, climate change is affecting everything, really wanted to make clear that the the reason all these fish were dying was this algal bloom that was growing because of this combination of sunlight, water temperature, and high levels of nutrients like phosphorus and nitrogen. The important thing to understand is that the necessary conditions for a harmful algal bloom of this type are in the bay every year, and we've known that for decades. 
that sort of stemmed from, in large part, the way we treat human wastewater. We have wastewater treatment facilities that are operating the way they're supposed to operate. They're removing solids from the water. They're treating the water and getting rid of the bacteria, but they're not designed to remove uh, these nutrients, nitrogen and phosphorus, before the water gets dumped into the bay. But this problem has been lurking for decades. And, you know, this red tide algal bloom that we're experiencing is a, a signal from nature that we're taking too long. I think the second piece of it was just talking with John about the literal Bay Area and the fact that this living, breathing ecosystem is just a part of all of us. Uh, you know, when we say the Bay Area, it can mean culture and it can mean identity. It can mean all these human things, but it is also literally an ecosystem. I hope people take away from the fish kill the tremendous diversity and abundance of beautiful organisms that this bay supports. San Francisco Bay is, is a gem and, you know, it's a source of joy. It was very um, grounding to talk to somebody who thinks about the literal water and the literal life that is there. We really need to take this uh, trauma and turn it into a focus on cleaning up our mess and living within the limits that nature prescribes. Okay, ECG, it is your turn now. What was your favorite episode from 2022? This one is actually an early one from 2022, um, from January 10th. It was an audio love letter to Traximilian, an architect of the hyphy movement, which we made with Nastia Voinovskaya from the Arts Desk. He produced some of the most well-known tracks out of the Bay Area from the 2000s, like Glamorous Lifestyle by the Jacka. And this episode was a story about the death of a Bay Area producer, Traximilian, who died of a rare cancer. Uh, he was only 42 years old. And really, we wanted to take a take some time to celebrate Traximilian and his contributions to Bay Area music and Bay Area culture. We don't do a lot of music on the show. As someone from the Bay, what was it like for you to do an episode about, about a hip-hop producer? I mean, it was so much fun, and I feel like it sort of took me out of my news kind of brain and into just my like personal life one thing i mentioned in the episode is that when i hear bay area music somewhere else that's not in the bay i feel like seeing the people who sort of light up around me and noticing those people kind of helps me find my people wherever it is that I am outside of home. So yeah, I feel like this this episode is news, right? Because Traximilian and his contributions to 
the hyphy movement and the culture of the Bay Area and Bay Area history is news. It's nice when we get to celebrate like the culture of the Bay Area on our show. I remember how I felt when I listened to the draft of that episode because which you made and and Christopher Beale made as well. Uh, He actually mixed in the music. It felt very, I felt energized, but it was also very sweet. What was your favorite moment of that episode? Yeah, I also loved hearing all the music in that one. I feel like every time I listen to that episode, it just like makes me want to dance. But one of my favorite moments in that episode is when Nastia sort of tells us the story about how Super High Fee, which is a song that Tracks a Million uh, produced with Keek to Sneak, how that song kind of put the Bay Area on the map. Tracks a Million actually at a party saw some of these younger folks doing this dance and he thought to himself, like, I need a beat to go with this dance they're doing. I just started dancing. I was just trying to figure out a beat that just kind of went with that. So uh, it was just in the room dancing. That was a beat I came up with. So he made the beat for Super Hyphy and he put it on a CD with um, two other songs and he actually found Keek the Sneak backstage at a show and handed him the CD. I heard Keek had a show in Santa Cruz, actually caught him leaving the show on his way from the, like, the back door backstage, handed him the CD, he was like, yo, check it. Keek didn't listen to it for several weeks, but when he heard it, he knew that beat was something. So he recorded Super Hyphy on it. I wasn't here for that episode yet, but I was going to say that one of the things I really uh, enjoy about ECG is like how much love you have for the Bay. That episode really shows that, but through music. And I feel like we've also like really bonded through music like one of the first things that uh you shared with me when i got here was a hyphy playlist (laughs) oh my gosh that's true (laughs) yeah i think it's really special and i actually hadn't heard about hyphy until i moved here (laughs) well last but not least maria what was your favorite episode uh, from this year, from your first year working on the show? My episode was published back in June 17th, and it's titled, He designed a garden at UC Santa Cruz from death row. Now students want him free. And our guest was Chloe Veltman, who at the time was a KQED arts and culture reporter. It's an episode that is about Timothy James Young. He has been behind bars for 23 years. He's 52 years old at this point, and he's on death row at San Quentin. But the episode is really about him being part of this project called Solitary Garden. It's located in UC Santa Cruz on on campus. I, I actually got to visit it, and so did Chloe Veltman. And basically... That's where the garden is physically and literally located, but it was designed by Tim Young from prison. So the way it worked is Tim was in communication with Jackie and, you know, the other professors and students that were part of this project through letters and phone calls. 
correct. And then the students and everyone else that formed a part of this um, were involved in like the physical, uh, like, you know, planting of it. His gardening, I will say, is very, very intentional. He, For example, he wanted a lot of vegetables planted like kale because he doesn't get that in prison. He told me the food is so awful. Another thing he really wanted in this very sort of intentional way of thinking about the gardening was that he wanted sugarcane. Because it harkens back to slavery. And I wanted people to have a visual reference. So when they walked away from the garden installation, they would know that prisons are the new plantations and that prison labor has replaced slave labor. But it is also a symbol of privacy. They would use the sugarcane fields as a wall of privacy. Privacy, or the lack thereof, is also something that prisoners have to contend with. Later that extended to him, to his case becoming part of another class project where students from both UC Santa Cruz and Georgetown looked at his case to try to get him exonerated. And so it's, I think, for me, really a story about um, community and a group of students were like so moved by Tim Young's story that um, then trying to, to set him free. That's when I began to see Tunnel um, at, at the end of the life and, and my hope began to grow because I had finally connected with people who, you know, they were able to see me and they believed in me and they cared and not only did they care but they cared enough to get involved they cared enough to make a difference yeah speaking of hope maria i mean i know you pitched this episode and are are a big part of why this episode happened what was your favorite moment from that one the moment that really, really like landed with me and stood out to me was the ending of that episode where he imagines himself out of prison and he imagines himself um, in his solitary garden. That the soil just kind of sit through my fingers. And I've been deprived of nature for so long and I, I really just like to, uh, you know, I like to just hug a tree. I like to, you know, feel the earth and it's such a beautiful moment because I think especially when we're talking about things like abolition, it's you're sort of envisioning a world that doesn't exist and might not exist in our lifetime. And it's really easy to get bogged down by like cynicism and nihilism and like hopelessness. But the fact that he's able to hold on to so much hope and like so much love and so much like dreams was really special. We really need hope to like feed us. Tim is also a poet. And one of the really special moments of the conversation he had with Chloe was when he reads a poem that he wrote to her. And we played a little bit of it on the episode. A better world is possible. Prison abolition is logical. Society holds the key. Time to manifest destiny. Organize, mobilize, act in solidarity. Accomplish defeat. Starve the belly of the beast. Well, we had done so much and 
I feel like this conversation is just reminding me also of like (laughs) the range of the stories that we do and just how every day we are just constantly code switching like tonally, subject wise, city wise, like we really do a lot Um, and I'm so glad I get to do it with the two of you and I wanted to take just a few minutes um, as we wrap up here to talk about or to look ahead a little bit what hopes do y'all have for the next year for the show or personally maria i'll start with you i think i'm definitely looking forward to um covering topics that i care about for me um i'm really interested in continuing to pitch and produce stories about addiction um incarceration but also poetry and art and you know the other the other things that that move me and keep me grounded what about you alan i'm gonna use a phrase that has become such a cliche and i think was a big cliche when the pandemic first started and then i think we kept kicking this phrase down the road down the road down the road but i think it's really relevant right now which is what is the new normal look like i think there's such a temptation to sort of say something definitive about what life is or what life's going to be like um but the truth is we're still living with the Um, ripple effects of this pandemic so really just basic questions like what does it mean that so many people don't go into downtown san francisco anymore how does that affect people what does that mean for public services what are we going to do about transit we don't know the answers to all those things yet and sometimes the answer in the moment is as boring as time will tell i want to just remain attuned to that and get a sense of what people across the region are feeling day to day uh, as they just try and get through, you know, get through daily life. And what about you, ECG? You want to um, help us wrap up as the host? What are you looking forward to next year? Well, I am looking forward to, I think, continuing to sort of push myself to do new things that maybe scare me, but that sort of open my mind to just like what I am capable of some of the stuff we've done on our show um this past year some of the more personal things that i've done and have shared with uh, our audience in this past year has been really really meaningful and i feel like i learned a lot through those experiences i'm also looking forward to having people on our show who haven't been on our show before i feel like this past year we actually like really got a lot of local journalists um, from different places around the Bay on our show for the first time. And I take a lot of pride in that and really enjoy being able to highlight the work of not just our journalists at KQED, but local journalists around the Bay who are really covering their communities and who know their communities best. So I'm excited to continue doing that and being a platform for other journalists around the region um, to share more stories with us. Well, Alan and Maria, I really appreciate you both and always love when we get the chance to talk about what we make. Yeah. (laughs) Three times a week. Uh, And we're going to take a little break and I hope you both enjoy taking time away from the news spending time with family and eating lots of good food um, and I'll see you both next year yeah, thanks, thank you happy new year we'll see you in the new year 
Well, that's it for the Bay this year. From me, Alan, and Maria, we want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to our show. It really is a labor of love, and I really appreciate you for tapping into our perspective on local news. It really means a lot. We'll have a brand new episode for you on Wednesday, January 4th, and we're looking forward to being part of your routine again in 2023. Senior editor of The Bay is Alan Montecilio. Maria Esquinca is our producer. Cesar Saldana is our podcast engagement producer. And Jen Chien is our director of podcasts. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Happy holidays and happy new year to all of you. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.